Book Three, Chapter Seven of Camilla. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Camilla or a Picture of Youth by Fanny Burney, Chapter Seven. A Maternal Eye. The vivacity with which Camilla quitted Cleves was sunk before she reached Etherington. She had quitted also Edgar, quitted him offended, and in doubt if it might ever be right she should vindicate herself in his opinion. Yet all seemed strange and unintelligible that regarded the asserted nuptials. His indifference was palpable. She believed him to have been unaccountably drawn in, and her heart softly whispered, it was herself he preferred from this soothing but dangerous idea she struggled to turn her thoughts she anticipated the remorse of holding the affections of the husband of her cousin and determined to use every possible method to forget him unless which she strove vainly not to hope the reported alliance should never take place these reflections so completely engrossed her the whole way that she arrived at the parsonage house without the smallest mental preparation how to account for her return or how to plead for remaining at etherington foresight the offspring of judgment or the disciple of experience made no part of the character of camilla whose impetuous disposition was open to every danger of indiscretion though her genuine love of virtue glowed warm with juvenile ardour she entered therefore the breakfast parlour in a state of sudden perplexity what to say mr tyrold was alone and writing he looked surprised but embraced her with his accustomed affection and inquired to what he owed her present sight she made no answer but embraced him again and inquired after her mother she is well he replied but tell me is your uncle impatient of my delay it has been wholly unavoidable i have been deeply engaged and deeply chagrined your poor mother would be still more disturbed if the nobleness of her mind did not support her camilla extremely grieved earnestly inquired what had happened he then informed her that mrs tyrold the very next morning must abruptly quit them all and set out for lisbon to her sick brother mr relville is he so much worse no i even hope he is better an act of folly has brought this to bear do not now desire particulars i will finish my letter and then return with you for a few minutes to cleves the carriage must wait suffer me first to ask does lavinia go with my mother no she can only take old ambrose lavinia must supply her place at home ah my dearest father and may not i too stay with you and assist her if my brother will spare you my dear child there is nothing can so much contribute to while away to me your mother's absence enchanted thus without any explanation to have gained her point she completely revived though when mrs tyrold whom she almost worshipped entered the room in all the hurry of preparing for her long journey she shed a torrent of tears in her arms 
this good girl said mr tyrrell is herself desirous to quit the present gaieties of cleves to try to enliven my solitude till we all may meet again the conscious and artless camilla could not bear this undeserved praise she quitted her mother and returning to mr tyrrell oh my father she cried if you will take me again under your beloved roof it is for my sake not yours i beg to return she is right said mrs tyrrell there is no merit in having an heart she could have none if to be with you were not her first gratification yes indeed my dear mother it would always be so even if no other inducement she stopped short confused mr tyrrell who continued writing did not heed this little blunder but his wife whose quickness of apprehension and depth of observation were always alive even in the midst of business cares and other attentions turned hastily to her daughter and asked to what other inducement she alluded camilla distressed hung her head and would have forborne making any answer mrs tyrrell then putting down various packets which she was sorting and selecting came suddenly up to her and taking both her hands looked earnestly in her face saying my camilla something has disquieted you your countenance is not itself tell me my dear girl what brought you hither this morning and what is it you mean by some other inducement do not ask me now my dearest mother answered she in a faltering voice when you come back again no doubt all will be over and then and is that the time camilla to speak to your best friends would it not be more judicious to be explicit with them while what affects you is still depending camilla hiding her face on her mother's bosom burst afresh into tears alas cried mrs tyrold what new evil is hovering if it must invade me again through one of my children tell me at least camilla it is not wilfully that you too afflict me and afflict the best of fathers mr tyrrell dropping his pen looked at them both with the most apprehensive anxiety no my dearest mother said camilla endeavouring to meet her eyes not wilfully but something has happened i can hardly myself tell how or what but indeed cleves now she hesitated how is my brother demanded mr tyrrell oh all that is good and kind and i grieve to quit him but indeed cleves now again she hesitated ah my dear child said mrs tyrrell i always feared that residence you are too young too inconsiderate too innocent indeed to be left so utterly to yourself forgive me my dear mr tyrrell i do not mean to reflect upon your brother but he is not you and with you alone this dear inexperienced girl can be secure from all harm tell me however what it is camilla in the extremest confusion changed colour but tried vainly to speak mr tyrrell suspended from all employment waited fearfully some explanation we have no time said mrs tyrrell for delay you know i am going abroad and cannot ascertain my return 
though all my heart left behind me with my children and their father will urge every acceleration in my power camilla wept again fondly folding her arms round her mother i had hoped she cried that i should have come home to peace comfort tranquillity to both of you my dearest father and mother and to all my unbroken happiness under your roof how little did i dream of so cruel a separation console yourself my camilla that you have not been its cause may heaven ever spare me evil in your shape at least you say it is nothing wilful i can bear everything else we will not said mr tyrold press her she will tell us all in her own way and at her own time forced confidence is neither fair nor flattering i will excuse her return to my brother and she will the sooner be able to give her account for finding herself not hurried calm yourself then said mrs tyrold as your indulgent father permits and i will proceed with my preparations camilla now somewhat recovering declared she had almost nothing to say but her mother continued packing up and her father went on with his letter she had now time to consider that her own fears and emotions were involving her in unnecessary confessions she resolved therefore to repress the fullness of her heart and to acknowledge only the accusation of miss margland and in a few minutes without waiting for further inquiry she gathered courage to open upon the subject and with as much ease and quietness as she could command related in general terms the charge brought against her and her consequent desire to quit cleves till till here she stopped for breath mr tyrold instantly finished the sentence till the marriage has taken place she colored and faintly uttered yes you are right my child said he and you have acted with a prudence which does your honor neither the ablest reasoning nor the most upright conduct can so completely obliterate a surmise of this nature from a suspicious mind as absence you shall remain therefore with me till your cousin is settled in her new habitation do you know if the day is fixed no sir she answered while the roses fled her cheeks at question which implied so firm a belief of the union do not suffer this affair to occasion you any further uneasiness he continued it is the inherent and unalienable compact of innocence with truth to hold themselves immovably superior to the calumny of false imputations but i will go myself to cleves and set this whole matter right and will you too sir have the goodness she was going to say to make my peace with edgar but the fear of misinterpretation checked her and she turned away he gently inquired what she meant she avoided any explanation and he resumed his writing ah me thought she will the time ever come when with openness with propriety i may clear myself of caprice to edgar less patient because more alarmed than her husband mrs tyrrell followed her to the window she saw a tear in her eye and again she took both her hands have you my camilla she cried have you told us all can unjust impertinence so greatly have disturbed you is there no sting belonging to this wound that you are covering from our sight 
though it may precisely be the spot that calls most for some healing balm again the cheeks of camilla received their fugitive roses my dearest mother she cried is not this enough to be accused suspected and to fear she stammered and would have withdrawn her hands but mrs tyrrell still holding them said to fear what speak out my best child open to us your whole heart where else will you find repositories so tender tears again flowed down the burning cheeks of camilla and dropping her eyes ah my mother she cried you will think me so frivolous you will blush so for your daughter if i own if i dare confess again she stopped terrified at the conjectures to which this opening might give birth but when further and fondly pressed by her mother she added it is not alone these unjust surmises nor even indiana's unkind concurrence in them but also i have been afraid i must have made a strange a capricious an ungrateful appearance in the eyes of edgar mandelbert her voice dropped but presently recovering she rapidly continued i know it is very immaterial and i am sensible how foolish it may sound but i shall also think of it no more now and therefore as i have told the whole she looked up conscience-struck at these last words to see if they proved satisfactory she caught in the countenance of her mother an expression of deep commiseration which was followed by a thousand maternal caresses of unusual softness though unaccompanied by any words penetrated yet distressed she gratefully received them but rejoiced when at length mr tyrrell rising said go my love upstairs to your sister your mother else will never proceed with her business she gladly ran off and soon by a concise narration satisfied lavinia and then calmed her own troubled mind mr tyrrell now though evidently much affected himself strove to compose his wife alas cried she do you not see what thus has touched me do you not perceive that our lovely girl more just to his worth than its possessor has given her whole heart to edgar mandelbert i perceived it through your emotion but i had not discovered it myself i grieve now that the probability of such an event had not struck me in time to have kept them apart for its prevention i grieve for nothing cried she warmly but the infatuated blindness of that self-lost young man what a wife would camilla have made him in every stage of their united career and how unfortunately has she sympathized in my sentiments that he alone seemed worthy to replace the first and best protector she must relinquish when she quits this house what will he find in indiana but a beautiful doll uninterested in his feelings unmoved by his excellences and incapable of comprehending him if he speaks either of business or literature yet many wives of this description replied mr tyrold are more pleasing in the eyes of their husbands than women who are either better informed in intellect or more alive in sensation and it is not an uncommon idea amongst men that where both in temper and affairs there is least participation there is most repose 
but this is not the case with edgar no he has a nobler resemblance than this portrait would allow him a resemblance which made me hope for him a far higher style of choice he prepares himself however his own ample punishment for he has too much understanding not to sicken of mere personal allurements and too much generosity to be flattered or satisfied by mere passive intellectual inferiority neither a mistress nor a slave can make him happy a companion is what he requires and for that in a very few months how vainly his secret soul may sigh and think of our camilla they then settled that it would be now essential to the peace of their child to keep her as much as possible from his sight and determined not to send her back to cleves to apologize for the new plan but to take upon themselves that whole charge her nature said mrs tyrold is so gay so prompt for happiness that i have little fear but in absence she will soon cease to dwell upon him fear indeed i have but it is of a deeper evil than this early impression i fear for her future lot with whom can we trust her she will not endure negligence and those she cannot respect she will soon despise what a prospect for her then with our present race of young men their frivolous fickleness nauseates whatever they can reach they have a weak shame of asserting or even listening to what is right and a shallow pride in professing what is wrong how must this ingenious girl forget all she has yet seen heard or felt ere she can encounter wickedness or even weakness and disguise her abhorrence or contempt my dear georgiana let us never look forward to evil will it not be doubly hard to bear if it come upon us without preparation i think not terror shakes and apprehension depresses hope nerves as well as gladden us remember always i do not by hope mean presumption i mean simply a cheerful trust in heaven i must always yield cried mrs tyrrell to your superior wisdom and reflecting piety and if i cannot conquer my fears at least i will neither court nor indulge them the thanks of a grateful husband repaid this compliance they sent for camilla to acquaint her they would make her excuses at cleves she gave a ready though melancholy consent and the virtue of her motives drew tears from her idolizing mother as she clasped her to her heart they then set out together that mr tyrrell might arrange this business with sir hugh of whom and of eugenia mrs tyrrell was to take leave End of chapter seven read by Lars Rolander.